Some of us teachers and parents think we need to explain everything to kids so they can understand what we want them to understand. But sometimes more talk from us doesn't really help because relying on full-blown explanations and solutions as our go-to teaching tool habituates kids to source answers outside of themselves, which robs them of one of the most essential strengths in life, self-trust. Have you thought about thought much about the importance of self-trust? Have you thought much about the importance of nurturing it in the kids you're raising, in the kids you're teaching? I think about self-trust a lot because I see many of the problems in our schools, in our country, on our planet as symptoms of the lack of self-trust. If that makes even a little bit of sense to you, then please stay with me because I want to share my thoughts and experience around shifting us, the parents, the educators, the authority figures, away from having and providing the majority of answers for kids by encouraging and nurturing student ownership of solutions for their own challenges. Welcome to the Big Picture Social-Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nini White, and I'm so glad you're giving me the opportunity to share these ideas with you. I hope you'll listen all the way through to accept a gift I want to give to you. might be asking, what does self-trust have to do with social-emotional learning? And I will energetically answer everything. And I intend to answer that question more completely. But first, let's look at our own mindsets and attitudes about kids' problem-solving instincts and actual ability to persevere through the various obstacles that are inevitable. Do we, deep down, think the kids in our care have got it in them to tackle their own social challenges, their own emotional challenges, all those people-to-people challenges that are inevitable in life from the very beginning? After assessing our basic trusts, trust in kids' capacity to tackle their own challenges, we need to ask ourselves another fundamental question. Do we want kids to be dependent on us? Or can we open-mindedly consider taking steps towards enabling kids to explore problem-solving with peers, or even, I should say, especially, the problems that exist between and amongst peers? I promise, I fully understand that in the short term, fixing kids' problems seems so much easier on your frazzled nerves and overworked days. But if kids are going to grow up to be self-trusting, self-respecting, and responsible and engaged contributors to a better world, practice has to start early, and it's got to be consistent with problem-solving. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you've heard me promote questions as the key to engaging kids. But of course, not just any questions, and not just one or two questions. Questions are actually how we can teach, while at the same time giving ownership to solutions to the kids in our care. The best of both worlds. We just need to understand that questions need to follow a logical sequence, in addition to being open-minded, unpredictable, and respectful of kids' thought processes, acknowledging their innate wisdom 
unique as it may be, which will take discussions on the trail of solutions we very well might never have thought of. One thing that all of us, including the youngest amongst us, seem inclined to do is judge other people, their behavior and their mistakes. Yes, even kids do that. Have you noticed? Do you remember doing that when you were a kid? We can use that natural inclination and focus it towards kids' constructive problem-solving experiences for their ultimate ownership of the solutions that will be most meaningful for them. Because our solutions will never truly be their own. And we started this episode by focusing on the importance of developing self-trust. What could possibly be more nurturing of self-trust than gaining consistent problem-solving experiences around personally relevant problems that that result in solutions that feel well-earned? No, really, what could feel better for kids, obviously, and for us when they love us back for helping them to develop those skills? Now, I will just quickly give you a couple of specific reasons why I feel, why I know developing kids' self-trust is an essential element of deep social-emotional learning. Girls. Girls who've grown up exercising their problem-solving skills and who've discovered they can trust themselves to look at situations from more than one perspective and come to the right conclusions are the girls who won't be hoodwinked by boys or men who have more power or position or status or charisma. Those girls will be much more likely to choose the boys and men she gets involved with based on her own healthy and balanced criteria, rooted in self-respect and self-worth. Youth who've consistently experienced that they're legitimately capable of constructing fair solutions for seemingly unfair situations will be much less accepting of leadership in whatever form it might present itself, bosses, teachers, parents, politicians, who use the power card to steamroll decisions and policies that are not inclusive enough, that aren't big picture enough, that aren't fair enough. When making career choices, what's the likelihood that experienced problem solvers will tolerate business as usual when business as usual is no longer what an industry needs, what the planet needs for healthy progress, or what a relationship needs for healthy growth? Academics are important, of course, but we must prioritize thinking skills and problem-solving skills over prescribed curriculum because even our youngest students have solid relationships with the Internet. You know, that place where they they can find the answer to just about any questions they have. And they will go to the Internet. That is a given in this day and age, whether we're okay with it or not. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't listened to episode 76 with Jordan Shapiro on kids' engagement with technology, you definitely want to catch that episode after this one. Many, many parents and teachers have thanked me for the insights they gained from that episode. But the point I want to make here is without thinking skills and problem-solving skills, 
There is no way we can feel comfortable leaving kids alone with endless web searches or sending them off in the world. And there really shouldn't be any reason we should feel comfortable with kids' social-emotional learning if they haven't been given lots of opportunities to craft their own solutions, and preferably with peers. All right, so now I want to make you an offer. Go to this show's notes and you'll see a short form on which you can briefly describe a social-emotional challenge your kid or student is having. Be sure to include the kid's age. Hit the send button and within a few days, I'll get back to you with a series of questions and instructions for engaging in a respectful problem-solving discussion. You've got nothing to lose and maybe a whole lot to learn about the innate thinking and problem-solving skills the kids in your care are so ready to activate and anchor. I really hope you'll take me up on this offer.